0: The New Testament reading is found in Romans chapter 8, on page 1135 of your Red Bibles. Reading from verse 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's listen now to these verses from John 3:16 and 17. "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Please turn with me in your Bibles to our Old Testament reading taken from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. And that's found on pages 22 and 23 if you're using the red church Bible. Genesis 22, page 22. We come to the fourth out of five messages in our series, Advent with Abraham. And we come now to one of the most famous and one of the toughest passages, maybe in the entire Old Testament. So let's hear together God's Word. Genesis 22, beginning with verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son, Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Verse nine, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, And there, in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven, a second time and said I swear by myself declares the Lord that because you have done this and have not withheld your son your only son I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we've been meditating, as I said, on the life of Abraham for several weeks now and finally it is time for me to ask you the question would you like to have faith would you like to be like Abraham feels like we're supposed to say yes of course to that right but, how many of you would rather have been born a couple thousand years before Christ rather than a couple thousand years after Christ? Anybody? You'd rather live a semi-nomadic life in the ancient Near East rather than a comfortable and settled life here in the modern West. Anybody? Maybe you'd say, no, no, I, I don't want all of those inconveniences of Abraham, what I want is Abraham's faith. Okay? Really? Which which acts of his faith would you like to experience for yourself? Leaving your homeland, your family, and your culture to go someplace unknown to you? Having Faith that God would give you a son when you're in your 90s and having year after year pass and still no son. Trusting the Lord enough to circumcise yourself and all the males in your whole caravan because God said so. Anybody? (laughs) Or how about today's test of Abraham's faith? taking your promised son finally given to you to a mountain that God will show you to sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Anybody still want to have and experience of the faith of Abraham? Now, some of you might say, yes, still me, count me in. You're with Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher and theologian, and... You might say, yes, let's leap into the dark together. There's no other way to exercise faith. Let's embrace with Abraham the irrational and absurd trust in God, blind faith. And without blind faith, are you really even living? Some of you are thinking, hey, calm down, preacher. I'm just here for the advent wreath and the candles and the Christmas tree and the carols. Relax. If you want me to have blind faith, I've come to the wrong church. And still some of us might say, wait, I want to have faith like Abraham, I I think, but I'm no Abraham. I'm just a normal person. I want to love the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. But it seems so radical to have Abrahamic faith. Do you want to be like Abraham? However you're going to answer that question, I want to convince you this morning that to experience Advent with Abraham isn't so much about becoming a modern-day Abraham. It's more about these three simple things. Advent with Abraham is being a child of Abraham, being a child of God, and being a sibling of the seed. A child of Abraham, a child of God, a sibling of the seed. So first, to to experience Advent with Abraham means that you get to be a child of Abraham. The good news is that you are not Abraham. God didn't call you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And the Lord didn't promise you a son in your 90s. Yahweh did not send priests and prophets and angels to you. And none of you is God's hand-picked father of many nations. Sorry, but you're just not Abraham. None of you gets these privileges. Now the good news is though, that as my mom always said, with great privilege comes great responsibility. And so there's a comfort in knowing that if we're not Abraham and we don't have those great privileges, we also don't quite have the responsibilities of Abraham, do we? None of you bears that responsibility. None of you must leave your home and wander. None of you must circumcise a caravan of adult men. None of you has to experience the unique test that Abraham experienced. God does not ask you to offer your child on the altar. And so before we feel the pressure to make ourselves into modern day Abrahams, we need to appreciate that we are in fact not Abraham. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with being a child of Abraham instead of being Abraham? Look at verse 17 here. Are you all right with the fact that you are one star in Abraham's sky? Is it enough for you to be one grain of sand on Abraham's beach? Is it okay to just be one person from one of the many nations of Father Abraham? I think it can be okay for that, for you to be that because actually, you know what, Uh, Jesus was just like that. Advent tells us that the God of gods was born into one family from one tribe, in one little town, in one tiny little nation. And Jesus shows us what it's like to be one of Abraham's many sons. He grows up just like us, Learning the stories of Abraham, growing in the faith of Abraham, embracing the promises made to Abraham. And for many years, in humble and small ways, he simply takes those promises to Abraham and to Abraham's seed and he works them into his daily life. Before Jesus began his remarkable messianic ministry, Jesus was... A simple, faithful child of Abraham. Friends, you are one star in Abraham's sky. But, you're a star in Abraham's sky. God's promises to Abraham have reached you. And if you embrace those promises in simple faith then you are a child of Abraham. So Advent with Abraham means that you get the privilege of being a child of Abraham without the pressure to have to be Abraham. And that's a great Christmas gift if you ask me. But secondly, Advent with Abraham means that you get to be also a child of God, a child of God by grace. Look, the real reason that we get nervous about the idea of having Abrahamic faith is precisely the story that we just read. It's been called the best piece of literature to come out of the ancient world to us. But as I said, it's one of the hardest texts in the whole Bible. How, we always ask ourselves, how could God ask Abraham to sacrifice Isaac? Well, Abraham watched God, didn't he, do stunning miracles in his life. He heard God over and over again make stunning and very specific promises. Through Isaac, the Lord said, the blessing will come to many nations. Through Isaac, this child. And then Isaac comes. Just like God said. You see, Abraham knows that Isaac, who hasn't had children of his own yet, is going to have children. He is going to make Abraham a grandfather. And so Abraham knows that whatever happens up on that mountain, he's going to have grandchildren through Isaac. And that leads him, verse 5, to be able to tell his servants in faith, when he sees the mountain there, the place where he's supposed to go with Isaac, he's able to say to those servants, stay here, hang on to the donkey and we will worship. And then we will come back. We will come back. And that's why verse seven, when Isaac asks him where the sacrifice is, do you know this is the only conversation we hear between Abraham and Isaac in the whole Bible? It's why he's able to answer when isaac says where's the sacrifice dad verse seven he's able to say son god himself will provide the lamb for the sacrifice verse eight the new testament book of hebrews in chapter 11 says that abraham reasoned that god could in fact raise Isaac from the dead. Abraham reasoned that one of two things would happen that day. Either God would provide a lamb for the substitute, or there would be a resurrection on that mountain. But either way, Abraham knew Isaac was the chosen seed. Did you catch that? Abraham reasoned He had reasons to trust his God. It wasn't, after all, blind faith. It wasn't a leap into the dark. It wasn't irrational. But it was based on God's meetings with Abraham over and over again. And especially based on this stunning, promised, miraculous son born to Sarah. Abraham... Do you believe that I'm able to raise the dead? Abraham, do you believe that I will provide everything necessary for my specific promises to reach their conclusion and their fulfillment? Yes, I believe. Verse 12, Abraham, now I know that you fear and love and trust me because you haven't tried to keep your son from me. And then our father in heaven did provide, didn't he? The lamb for the sacrifice, the ram in the thicket instead of Isaac. And what makes this story so moving to us as Christian believers, of course, is that our father in heaven himself did not withhold from us his son, his only son, whom he loved. But gave him up for us all, so that you could become not just a star in Abraham's sky, but a daughter or son of God. Like Abraham, Jesus trusted that God, his father, could raise the dead. Jesus was ready, therefore, to be a sacrifice for us. Because he knew that God would raise him and that through him, he would bring many sons and daughters to glory. Advent with Abraham means not just becoming Abraham's children, Advent with Abraham means becoming children of God in the gift of Jesus Christ, provided, sacrificed, resurrected for us. And then lastly, Advent with Abraham means all of these things, but it also means being a sibling of the seed. One more hard question for the day, as if there haven't been enough of them. Is it fair, really, that the oldest son gets all the stuff? I mean, do any of you do that with your family still? Um, Maybe some of you do. I'm the oldest son in my family, so that would be okay with me, I think. But it wouldn't be okay with my little brother. But in the ancient world, there's a thing called primogeniture. You probably read about it in eighth grade or something. And this means that almost everything that a father owned was given to the firstborn son. And then the firstborn son was responsible to take that inheritance and to take care of the whole family through that inheritance. Once again, like mom says, lots of privilege, lots of responsibility. And in view of this, I need to tell you two quick things about the firstborn in the Bible. First, starting with the very first sons, God undermines and kind of reverses primogeniture in the Bible. The second son is often preferred over the first. In fact, sometimes if there's a bunch of sons, the youngest of them is chosen. Primogeniture, everything to the firstborn son, that might be the way that the world does things. But we see in the Old Testament that God is up to something very different. So that's the first thing. Second thing, the firstborn son, though, is still super important. Because the firstborn son in the Bible belongs to the Lord. The firstborn animals had to either be sacrificed or redeemed by some other animal sacrifice. The first fruits of the harvest belong to the Lord. The firstborn sons especially belong to the Lord and they have to be redeemed through a sacrificial lamb. So what's the point of these two things? Well, first God gives responsibility and privilege to younger siblings who don't expect it. But second, God reminds his people of their sin and their need and of his grace by insisting that the firstborn belongs to him. Friends, Advent is all about the coming of Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of the heavenly father. And not only is he the only begotten son of the Father in heaven, but he's also the seed of Abraham. Jesus and his father, back before time, decided together that Jesus would come and be the Lamb of God. He is the firstborn son. But he doesn't need redeeming. He doesn't need saving. He is sinless. But he goes. And the Lord Jesus, when he comes, he doesn't go up Mount Moriah like Abraham and Isaac, but he goes up Mount Calvary. And like Isaac, he carries the wood for his own sacrifice. And there on Calvary, he lays his own life down, the lamb that God promised to provide. Jesus gives himself so that we could be completely redeemed in him. And then having given himself, he takes his own life up again. Advent with Abraham means that we are siblings of the seed, younger brothers and sisters of Jesus. The New Testament rejoices in this fact, and we should too, because Jesus takes all the responsibilities of being the firstborn son. He gives himself completely to God and serves his family but then he gives to his younger sisters and brothers all of the privileges that belong to him alone as the firstborn. His father's inheritance as if you and I had been the responsible firstborn sons. Friends, is it Irrational this Christmas to follow Jesus. Is it a leap into the dark to trust in the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? Paul says in Romans 12 that when we look at Jesus, our Redeemer, our Lamb, the only thing that makes sense for us to do is to offer ourselves Not as burnt offerings, but as living sacrifices. He says that it's our rational or reasonable act of worship. We haven't had the unique experiences of Abraham. We haven't been asked to do what Abraham had to do. But instead, we get to be like like the shepherds. The joy of the shepherds at Christmas is, it's really true. I am a grain of sand on Abraham's beach. We get to be like the wise men that came from the east. The joy of the wise men is, it's really true. We are three stars in Abraham's vast sky. And therefore, the joy of Advent for you and me is simply this. It's really true. I am one daughter, one son of Abraham, of God. I am one sister, one brother of Abraham's seed, the Lord Jesus. And ultimately, Advent with Abraham means that in Jesus, the son and the sacrifice, God has provided every reason for us to offer ourselves to him as living sacrifices totally his and completely given over to his pleasure. And when we offer ourselves up in faith, we have every reason to believe that no matter what happens, he will raise us up on the last day to enjoy the blessing that is promised to Abraham's children and his children's children so long ago and to enjoy that promise and that blessing in Christ Jesus forever. Father, we pray that you would remind us of these reasons to trust you. And you would motivate each of us to give ourselves afresh this Christmas to you. May the advent that Abraham experienced be ours in Christ Jesus. And may we love him And serve him and follow him. All the days of our lives. And then when he raises us up to glory forevermore. We make our prayer in his name. Amen.